What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Patriots Talk, a week four edition as we're going to recap week three of the Patriots as they beat the Las Vegas Raiders last week. And then they have a very tough matchup against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. With me today is Ben Kurse, my Patriots insider, who lives all the way in the New England area to talk to me about week three of the NFL season. We're going to recap that and also re- and preview week four of the NFL season as the Patriots take on the Chiefs. So, Ben, how's it going, man? Hey, Laura, it's good to uh, hear from you. Uh, happy Friday, and uh, looking forward to another great week of uh, football. Also, if you want to discuss, uh, you know, the latest regarding the the Titans' uh, COVID situation, we could also talk a little bit about that. But obviously, our main focus is for sure about the Patriots. And, um, you know, just kind of quickly get into it, I think that the Patriots last week, they, uh, it was impressive the fact that Cam Newton didn't have necessarily his best day overall, uh, you know, compared to what he did in week two. We were going to just throw it all over Seattle, in which Seattle seems more of like a uh, a defense that you could throw throw against. Um, but uh, they really grounded and pounded the run. And uh, Sonny Michelle, who has been criticized for a while in terms of his playmaking ability, had a lot of uh, big plays on Sunday, a couple of big long runs. Uh, Bert, Rex Burkhead had, was probably the MVP of the game with three touchdowns. A uh, couple of plays in the uh, in the backfield, whether it was catching the ball or run the run the ball inside the goal line. And then obviously Cam had one big run kind of towards the end of the game. The defense was able to get some turnovers. They the secondary at times got a little bit sloppy, but overall it was, it was a good um, Patriots win. Um, coming back from that one, uh, from that tough loss that they had in week two, but obviously, like you mentioned, uh, it's it's a totally different matchup in week four, and uh, you know, let's kind of quickly go over what you think the X's and O's is of this game uh, come Sunday. I think the X's in this game is like, how will the Patriots' offense match with the Chiefs' defense, and how will the O's are? How will Mahomes? against Newton and this new look Patriots team because look at it it's going to be a battle of two mobile quarterbacks that are very good but the Chiefs right now are playing out of their minds right now and they're in this run it back tour right so I mean the, the thing is about this Chiefs team the Patriots are two and one against Mahomes uh in their in their past and uh Mahomes won the game last year uh, 23-16, but you remember, though, the Patriots' defense were able to get some turnovers on Patrick Mahomes. One was a, one was an early interception from J.C. Jackson, the secondary. Another turnover was the controversial play where Stephon Gilmore picked up the ball on the fumble by Kelsey, and they stopped him. And, and it looked like Gilmore was going to go all the way. There was controversial in terms of what that was going to be. And then, obviously – and then Nikhil Harry missed call touchdown and where they called him that he was stepped out of bounds. It didn't turn into a touchdown there. It turned into a field goal. And then the Patriots at the end weren't able to capitalize on, on that touchdown. Freeland was able to have that deflection on Edelman. So this Chiefs team, um, they, they're, they're, they're the defending champs for a reason. Andy Reid's a very good coach. They uh, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are really close with each other. Co- you know, people are skepticizing whether it could be the next kind of big thing. You know, obviously probably not the Bill and Brady type dynasty, but obviously kind of the next 
kind of big thing that we're kind of looking up against in the NFL. And, uh, you know, they, they played really well in Baltimore. That was kind of, you know, a big wake-up call to the Ravens as really the Chiefs took over a lot of that game. Uh, Mahomes really outplayed the MVP uh, from last year, Lamar Jackson, for most of the game. The thing about the Chiefs was, you know, against the Patriots in past years is it's been close overall in most games. And I think that that's the key thing for the Patriots is that they can't get too caught up in saying that, you know, they can't come in not play, playing that they're going to be confident enough to go in and win because if they don't have that right mindset in terms of that, you know, we're going to kind of go through the motions and, you know, uh, you know kind of play the way that we want to play, it, it's, it's probably not going to go in their favor at all. I mean, the Patriots are really big underdogs as it is. They're going into an environment where there actually is going to be some fans as there it is, Arrowhead is one of the places that will have some fans. It's obviously not going to be the same type of atmosphere that it was in the 2018 AFC title game where Rex Burkhead won it in uh, to, for the Patriots to move on from the, to go to the Super Bowl. But, um, you know, this is going to be a very tough game as it is, Laurel. And uh, obviously I'm looking forward to how the Patriots really are able to play on the defense and, and offense. Also, too, on defense, the Patriots – don't have a couple of their key guys that have done well in the past against the Chiefs. Kyle Van Noy, he was one example, was able to get to Mahomes a couple of times last couple of years' matchups. One was a sack last year, then the other one on the AFC title game was basically kind of like a strip sack kind of towards the first in the first half. Um, so he was obviously a big, big, um, you know, big loss. And Dante Hightower was very crucial last year against him as well. So I think, you know, losing those two guys, then, then the uh, the front for the Patriots has been really struggling so far against the run. And that was something I talked about last week against Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs overall had a decent day. He did have that one fumble, which was a gift for the Patriots. But the Patriots are going to have to really play their big A game if they want to come in and potentially pull through an upset. I hope that there's an upset here. I, I sure hope so. But at the same time, uh, at the same time, uh, it might not be easy because the Chiefs are going to be are a great football team. And like last week, the Patriots played well defensively and offensively against the Las Vegas Raiders. But I really think that it might be, I'm going to say, uh, the Patriots to come away with a, uh, I would say, high-scoring game, 34-31 win for the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I was optimistic in this one. I just think that there's so much question marks to the team on the, on the defensive side. Uh, you know, it's also another thing, too, is how they, they they do like to pass rush. And obviously, the biggest strategy is do not try to go after Mahomes, like, all, all the way because he will be able to exploit, you know, where the coverages are and stuff like that. So you kind of have to give him some different looks. Uh, and I think that he, you know, he has the advantage of he's played the Patriots defense already as it is. Obviously, for him, he obviously has a ton of respect for Coach Bill Belichick, as most of the other uh, players do. But I think that the Chiefs really, you know, coming back home, they're playing with a lot of confidence after a big win against the Ravens. I hope it's going to be a close one. I think it will. I think the Patriots might be a little come up a little bit too short. Uh, I think that the Patriots overall offensively will kind of have a lot of good things. It might kind of remind me of the Seattle game in a way. Uh, I think the secondary might get beat up a little bit, some of the deep balls. 
Um, but but I think that it will be close for the most of the game as it has been in the past years against this Chiefs team. And I think that, you know, if, if they can be able to pass the ball and, and run the ball, uh, I think, you know, if a loss happens, a loss happens. I mean, because a lot of people are not giving us a much of a chance to win. But it's one of those things that, you know, you kind of have to look yourself in the mirror. And if they're able to get this win, it really changes the dynamic of this team uh, moving forward. Uh, just the fact that they have a big win on their on their uh, schedule against a really tough team. And then they play the Broncos the following week. And obviously we'll talk about the Broncos next week. But this is a huge season match. And uh, I think there's obviously a lot of it stakes with it. And I'm really hopefully uh, going to see more out of Cam Newton. Uh, back, uh, last, the last week the interception he had was very unexcusable in which he admitted after the game. I, you know, you can't really turn the ball over against this team. Uh, yes, you can't. You really can't uh, turn the ball over against this Kansas City team. And also, the key is, how long can you keep Mahomes and the off and the Chiefs' offense off the field? That's going to be the key to this game for the Patriots. It's going to be how long they have the time of possession. I really think time of possession is going to be key for both teams. I definitely agree, Laura. Uh, the time of possession is very key. And another thing too, when I when I saw this wireless stat, I don't know if you see, if you heard this or not, that Patrick Mahomes converts on about forty three percent touchdown drives after somebody punts it over. So, like the majority of the other uh, quarterbacks are usually around 28 percent, but Patrick Mahomes, you know. There's some, you know, I was I was watching something earlier today uh, from a Boston sports radio station, and they said that, you know, you might want to be more uh, aggressive in terms of, you know, close third downs going for going for it on fourth downs, because even if you punt it away, it you know it gives it gives them a lot of momentum, you know, for that next drive. So, the more that you can get them off the field, like you mentioned. I think it's very, very crucial because that'll at least give them – if they do have points, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to be able – Patriots are going to have a hard time keeping them away from just giving up field goals. It's going to be a lot of the touch, – there's going to be some touchdowns. You know, they're going to have to be able to battle the adversity. Uh, and uh, it's gonna, I think it's going to be a really good big back-and-forth type game. I think, I think that's what we're kind of seeing here on Sunday, so – uh, you know, just kind of have to get your best shot, best effort. And, uh, you know, by far, this is the most toughest game on the schedule besides potentially the Ravens. But I think after seeing what the Ravens did on Monday, I think that the Patriots, I'm giving the Patriots a little more hope about, about that matchup, especially because they're going to be at home against the Ravens. So uh, this one for sure is the, probably their toughest, no doubt. This is their toughest, no doubt. So we'll talk about Denver next week. So let's also get into some breaking news in the NFL that Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans will not be playing against the Steelers this Sunday, but the game has been rescheduled to week seven. So th- what this really tells you that teams teams can't, like, you know, uh, be stupid and not follow the rules when they're traveling, you know. Right, so – uh, when I got when I saw the when I saw that news, I obviously thought, obviously thought to myself, well, you know, this is obviously we're still in the pandemic year. Uh, you've seen with this the other leagues that, uh, and obviously we haven't really talked about you know kind of NHL and NBA as much, but you know you kind of had to see what the other leagues have had to deal with, and 
you know, with cases from teams and stuff. You saw the MLB early on, the outbreaks and cases with the Marlins and the Cardinals and how the league and the MLB was able to adapt to that, get to stricter protocols. And uh, from there, the league was able to be more serious and, uh, and, and get, and get through the, the regular season, uh, whether it was a short, se- you know, cause it was a short season, but still thought it was pretty good that they're able to get through it. Cause not a lot of people give them a lot of optimism. Uh, and then you saw with the NHL and NBA, uh, but the bubble situations, I thought that was fantastic. I thought that the commissioners did a great job in being able to uh, do the testing right away, get all the protocols, and, uh, you know, we'll have to see what happens for the next seasons. But in terms of the NFL, we definitely thought that something would come, you know, at some point. And, uh, Hopefully. I mean, some point they're going to have to figure out if they're going to do a, a playoff bubble. Right. I, I, I doubt it will happen because I just think that so many moving parts, at, especially at this time. I mean, the MLB, uh, the thing was they were able to do it in two divisions. And with the, uh, you know, a, you could do it with the AFC and NFC, I, I guess you could say. But I, I don't really know how exactly it would work, if anything. But what I do think is, is the NFL was able to, to, uh, get more stricter protocols out that they found out more about the positive tests from the Titans. The good news, too, though, is that the, when the team that they faced, the Vikings, they're supposed to play this Sunday, in which a lot of people didn't know if they were going to be able to play or not because they just faced the Titans. They had no positive tests after multiple days of uh, rapid testing. So it gives you to the fact that it was definitely in, uh, in-house in terms of their team, and I just think that they're going to have to uh, really just be more stricter and, and be more be more aware about, uh, you know, what's expected moving ahead. Uh, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be more of this moving forward, especially because we're going to get to colder months. But so far, I think overall it hasn't been too bad, uh, despite kind of this, you know, kind of outbreak here. But uh, the NFL did a good job in terms of scheduling it. Uh, it just it was fortunate enough that the Steelers and Titans were able to go to Week 7. And then the week eight matchup, uh, the Steelers are going to be playing the Ravens. And that, therefore, usually there's no early buys like this. But the Steelers, the, the, in this case, are going to have a buy on Sunday. So I'll have to see what else uh, lies ahead here. There's also The Titans also have a bye week. So they're going to have some more time to uh, make so, yeah, sure that they're ready for their week there. five matchup. Yeah, the Titans have a buy, which you're absolutely right about. So you have, two, you have two teams that have early buys. And then, of course, everybody else plays uh, – you know, the rest of the weekend. What's other, one other matchup that you're interested to watch on Sunday? Uh, I'm going to watch Brady and the, the, the – another matchup I'm interested in watching is Brady and the Bucks going up against the L.A. Chargers, see how the Chargers' uh, powerful defense will go up against this Tampa Bay offense. Obviously, Tom Brady, a former Patriot that we used to love. He's I mean, the Buccaneers have been playing better football since their week one loss to the Saints. Yeah, we haven't talked really much about Brady in the in the Bucks, uh, but I did get the chance to watch a little of their game last week. I thought that their passing offense definitely started to click a little bit more. They've been bad a little bit with injuries of receiving with whether it's Godwin's out a week or uh, they've had Justin Watson out a week, so they haven't really had all their guys at full health. Uh, we even saw Gronk sighting last week. He was able to get a couple plays. Uh, there's a couple of plays that I'm like remembering. You know, that, that was what I was remembering from Brady and Gronk, kind of the 
uh, you know, across the middle of the field and Brady kind of getting on a quick place. But this Chargers team's good. Uh, you know, I think the last time Brady faced the Chargers was uh, when Brady faced them at Gillette, uh, in, which, in which the Patriots won that game. So, but I do have a lot of respect for that Chargers defense. They're they're really good at sound, uh, and uh, and obviously the the time is right before the Patriots game. So I'd be looking forward to watching Brady a little bit before the uh, Pats game, and uh, wish Brady obviously the best of luck as he is continuously uh, moving forward with his Tampa career. So we'll have to see how that goes. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, the thing is, let's talk about some Patriots questions here. So. Do you think J.J. Taylor has has turned out to be a key player to this Patriots backfield? Well, it's a good question because now you have uh, Damian Harris and James White uh, are probably going to be going coming back. Uh, obviously, uh, my prayers still go out with James as he's obviously recovering from the passing of his of his father and obviously his mother's in critical condition. But he was able to practice this week, and uh, I think he really wants to help this team out, especially because he's done well against the Chiefs in past years. He's obviously a great offensive weapon that the Patriots need. So he'll be back. And then Damian Harris, a lot of people are really, were really high on in training camp. And, uh, you know, that's obviously a big cru- uh, crucial piece back too. not sure in terms of how much rep- reps he'll get, but JJ Taylor, like you said, I thought that, uh, you know, the Patriots kind of started slow off last week. They had three and outs, I think the first three drives, and then J.J. Taylor, one of the drives, they gave able to get a couple of big first downs and kind of got the jolt of the running game going. So I think he reminds me of obviously like a Deion Lewis. I think we kind of agreed about that. You know, he's really small, but he's really shifty. He can catch the ball in the backfield, uh, very explosive player. But I would be really uh, interested to see because the Patriots have a crowded backfield in terms of if maybe but maybe another team might claim them off of waivers uh, because you just have you have Sonny Michelle, Rex Burkhead, James White, Damon Harris, you have a, pretty much a crowded backfield. And I think that maybe Taylor can give another team that doesn't have much of a crowded backfield a, a potential chance to uh, go out and, and prove something, which obviously would be a bummer for the Patriots team because he's been a great asset so far. But I think that uh, overall he's been pretty impressive and uh, wish him – the best of luck, no matter if he continuously stays on the team or if another team gives him a chance. Who is that, J.J. Taylor? Yep. I think the Patriots will still give him a chance. I mean, he he showed what he could do last week, but, I mean, I do think that the Patriots are still going to uh, – I think that the Patriots are in a good situation when it comes to their running backs. I mean, the, the ground-and-pound game has been unbelievable so far this season for – for the page for the for the Patriots. So, what other game besides the Patriots game are you interested in besides Patriots and Chiefs, and also the game we talked about, the Buccaneers and the Chargers? Are you interested in seeing how uh, how the Eagles play the 49ers, or are you interested in seeing how Buffalo I, fares with the Las Vegas Raiders? I think the Raiders and Buffalo. I think that would be an intriguing matchup. You know, uh, I was going to say the Steelers Titans because both teams are undefeated, but obviously. That's obviously out of the picture now. So I'm going to say the Bills and Raiders. Uh, I'm not going to probably get the chance to watch the game because it's the same around the same time as the Patriot game, but I'll be following it. Uh, and I, I really like that matchup. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, Josh Allen has had a great start, even though I've kind of been a little bit high and low on Josh. He's really 
got his accuracy and his touch, which he's really struggled with to start his Bills career. And I think that with the help of adding a key weapon in on Diggs and Devin Singletary in the backfield, I think it's really helped him out so far. Not saying that he's completely become one of the greater quarterbacks we've seen, one of the up-and-coming quarterbacks in the league, but I think he's turned into a very impressive uh, quarterback, uh, kind of turning uh, himself around a little bit here. And then you look at the Raiders, you know, they obviously had a tough one against the Patriots. I thought the Raiders were able to move the football, though, uh, against the defense uh, a couple times. I just think it was a matter of, yeah, you know, I, was trying, I watched a little bit of their post game after the game was over and kind of want to get their uh, glimpse in terms of what they were saying. And obviously John Gruden said that they made a bunch of uh, mistakes, uh, you know, and also getting Darren Wally their tight end. I thought that was the biggest thing for the Patriots was able to only give them to two catches after having a huge game in week two. Uh, you know, and I think that's one thing about Travis Kelsey is, you know, the Patriots in past years – Always want to do what's best you can to key eye on your best weapons. And there's the problem is for this. The problem is for the Chiefs is they just have too many weapons that you even saw on Monday when Patrick Mahomes threw to the left tackle for a touchdown. I mean, that's just how much you have to respect the fact that you know they just have so many play calls that you're just like you know, I, you know, there's nothing that you could do. I mean, it's just the matter you just kind of have to tip your head to tip your hat into the fact that, you know, they just have so much firepower and, you know, it is what it is. Absolutely. So here's a question for you. Which winless team should make the playoffs this year, the Minnesota Vikings or the Houston Texans? Ooh, um, I guess the Texans because the Texans so far had to play the three toughest teams. I think you could say so far. I mean, the Ravens they faced, and obviously the Ravens had to face the Chiefs, but the Ravens are still one of the best teams in the league. They still have a, a really good, dangerous uh, league quarterback in Lamar, and then they have a bunch of playmakers, one of the best ground-and-pound running games in the league, a great head coach in John Harbaugh. And then they had to face, uh, you know, obviously Kansas City week one, and then they had to face Big Ben and the Steelers, in which they were pretty close in that game. Uh, last week against the Steelers. So, you know, you can't obviously forget about what, you know, we talked about Mahomes and we talked about Lamar Jackson. I think that Sean Watson still just doesn't give, you know, people don't give him enough credit. You know, this guy is one of the best dynamic quarterbacks in this league. I've always been a big, big on high on Deshaun Watson. And, uh, you know, people are saying, well, you know, he had DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, I mean, that is true to a fact, but this guy makes a lot of plays on his own. And uh, I think that, you know, the defense just has to continuously keep to progressing. Uh, you know, they've, they've been getting up a lot of points uh, overall, I think, so far. I mean, they've been having to face a lot of great teams so far, so that's kind of fair enough to say that. But the offense, I think, is starting to come around a little bit. You know, they, they have some weapons there. You mean for the Vikings? The, the, um, the, the Texans. Uh, you know, they – I think a lot of people kind of underestimate the fact that David Johnson so far has actually done okay. I mean, I don't think you should trade him for DeAndre Hopkins, but that's obviously something for another day. Um, but uh, but he's done great so far, uh, David Johnson has. And then uh, another thing, too, is, uh, you know, they have Randall Cobb, Brandon Cooks. They have some guys there. 
It's just a matter of how can they, you know, kind of get themselves uh, moving forward. You know, the Vikings, I think the Vikings and Kirk Cousins, I, I think he's really regressed this season. And, uh, you know, I think I think the Vikings have to obviously face a lot of great teams in their division. I think the Packers are a lot better. And uh, I think that the Texans are, are kind of able to maybe get to one of their final wild card spots. I think they kind of have to get something going. So I think uh, – you know, that's kind of what we're seeing at right now. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And also, I want to get your thoughts on how do you feel about Nick Foles starting for the Bears now over Mitchell Trubisky? Nick Foles over Trubisky. Yeah, so I think that's a uh, a great uh, question. You know, Trubisky, you know, the Bears are really, uh, you know, they're really trusting him to, to really do the job. And Bears are 3-0 so far. Um, I think that – the, the the Nick Foles, you know, he's been in the league for for a while. Uh, you know, obviously, he beat our Patriots in the Super Bowl one year. He had a really good Super Bowl that game. Uh, you know, he's been a proven winner in this league uh, in odd times, and you know, obviously, he had a big game last week. Uh, you know, he 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 has been willing to uh, you know make a lot of things happen. You know, he did have a tough one. Uh, you know, in Jacksonville, he obviously had a big injury that kind of shut him down, but I, I do like the move. I think that, you know, I'm not, obviously, I've probably told you in the past, but I'm not a huge Trubisky guy already as it is, but I don't know. I, I, I like that, uh, that, um, that, that move, uh, for the Bears. You know, they're playing the Colts. Uh, that was actually another intriguing matchup, I think, on Sunday, is the Colts and the Bears. I think that the Colts, so far, you know, they, they have Phillip Rivers, I think, is doing a decent job. Uh, obviously, they have a great offensive line. Uh, and their defense, I think, kind of is under the radar. And yeah, and they're, they have good receivers, think, too. And Frank Reich yeah, has done a great have, job as their head coach. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, if you put it all uh, kind of into the puzzle here, I think, you know, the the Colts are, should be a team that you really should keep an eye on. Uh you know, they have a great offensive line. They got – they just kind of have a lot of things going for them. Things, uh, so. Some things are going right for the Colts, that's for sure. But also, I'm going to get your thoughts on yesterday's Thursday night game, but I also want to ask you, uh, I mean, Adam Gase should have gotten fired yesterday. Did you think the Jets should have fired Adam Gase, or, or do you think they made the right choice to stick with Adam Gase for the remainder of the season? Well, so – uh, I haven't, I mean, I haven't been really gotten the chance to watch the Jets. I mean, they're obviously one of the teams near me and, uh, the majority of Jeff fans around me are just, they're just getting kind of used and sick and tired of the same. It's the same thing over and over again. I mean, they, it's, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, you can make all the excuses in the book saying, you know, we got to do better next game. We made a bunch of mistakes. But it's just more than that, you know. You you saw what happened. I don't know if you watched the game yesterday, but they had six uh, roughing the passer penalties. Vic Fangio and the Broncos after the game was over didn't even want to shake hands with the Jets' uh, coaching staff and players. You know, the the even the Bronco players were just, you know, sick and tired of that. The, the fact that they they had to uh, deal with all those big time. Uh, penalties, uh, you know, that there were big, big hits and stuff. Uh, in terms of Gase, 
I think that they should they should fire him at the end of the season. Uh, but but I also have to see what do the Jets want to do moving forward. They're really ruining Darnold's career because I think that uh, just their head coaching staff, their front office, you know, it's just everything. It's just a complete joke, I would say. It's it just turned into one of those things that they just don't know how to utilize their players the right way. They just make a lot of boneheaded mistakes. And, you know, this is what happens uh, to a coach that really, just really – he needs to buy in more. I think that's just the biggest thing is if, if, he's, if he's obviously seen what's going on the last several weeks and still finding ways to lose, it's just a matter of the fact that he's just not making the right adjustments. And so that's just, that's just the bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Jets are in a very bad situation, but the Broncos with that win, I feel like that with the Broncos, if you look at that at their team, I think they're a better team when Drew Locke's on the field. And I still believe that Drew Locke is the Broncos quarterback in the future, despite him being hurt in week two. Yeah, so I think the the Broncos, they, they have their young team, They've been a little bit banged up with injuries. We saw Noah Falk go down. And we'll talk a little bit about the Broncos more next week because obviously they're facing our Patriots. But that kid, that Brett Ripien kid, that young kid, I think he had a lot of potential. He didn't make a lot of mistakes uh, at times. You know, he threw a pick six. And that's just kind of, you know, the young jitters of a quarterback. You know, he's going to have some of those boneheaded mistakes throughout his career. He's going to have to obviously be adapted to that change. But, uh, you know, I did see a lot of good things. Yes, it is only the Jets' defense, and it's not really much to say about. But you got to really be impressed in terms of what, what, what they've done, uh, done for sure. So, so my question for you is, you, you still believe that Drew Locke is the Broncos' QB1 of the future? I do, I do think that is. I, I'm really, I think Drew Locke does have a future with the team. Uh, I think that they have a lot of good playmakers around him. The KJ Hamler, Jared Judy, Noah Fant. They have a lot of guys around him. They're still young. I think they're a great team. Uh, that, that's going to keep going. Uh, and uh, you know, But do you think Brett in- Ripon is a better backup quarterback than Jeff Driscoll? Oh, for sure, yeah. I, I mean, I Driscoll's that- not that – Driscoll's not really that great. Well, the thing about Driscoll is, you know, and if I saw it yesterday, they they use him on a play more for his for his uh, speed and and for his and for his running ability. And I think that you know he could still be a part in that offense. Maybe you'd be more using it like a Taysom Hill type role. And the fact that you know he he can throw it at times. You know, you probably just can't put the pressure on that he's going to have to, you know, throw it you know twenty to thirty times a game. I just don't. Maybe they, it's just not the fact that it's just his game anymore. Uh, you know, he, he was a decent quarterback, I think, at Florida and where he played at college. But, you know, in this league, he really hasn't come to that potential whatsoever, you know, like kind of other guys that we've kind of been accustomed to. Um, so I think that it really, between Ripien and Locke, those are the two guys that they're really high on. And I think that those are the guys that they're going to have a lot of trust in going uh, moving forward. But you think going forward, Drew Locke is the uh, Denver Broncos quarterback of the future? Oh, yeah, no doubt. You know, that guy has all the intangibles to become a really good quarterback in the league. I don't know if he's going to be elite by all means, but he, he makes a lot of good decisions. Uh, he, he led the Broncos to a running record kind of late in the year last year. 
Uh, he he really put them on, put the team on their back a lot of their games last year. The guys a lot of energy. He feeds all off feeds off a lot of the young guys. Uh, he you know I saw him yesterday. He was on the sideline getting the guys fired up still. So there just seems like a, a thin in block that that I think a lot of people feed off of, and I think that a lot of their teams have a lot of respect in terms of what Locke can do uh, with this uh, with this team, and and maybe. You know, he could be one of those quarterbacks that I think a lot of people are going to underestimate. And he might be turned into somebody that might be more of a diamond in the rough type quarterback that we're going to be kind of seeing uh, in this league. Yeah, by looking at it, uh, my thoughts on like when Vic Fangio did not want to shake hands with the Jets players, I I don't blame him for that. I mean, no. but also, even though that this is Fangio's second year with the Broncos, we're going to talk more about the Broncos next week. I'm going to tell you the truth. He is the right fit for the Denver Broncos as their head coach. Although he doesn't know offense, I mean, he's not really an offensive-minded kind of guy. He's a head, he's a good head coach that really can make this Denver Broncos defense be top five or top three in the league. Right. Um, you know, I do think his clock management's a little uh, – you know, I remember the game against the Titans in week one uh, – you know, Steven Goskowski from the Titans, the kicker, obviously had a brutal week one kicking in, in Denver. I don't know what it was. And then he really turned it around after that. He really turned it around so far. So, obviously, happy for him because, obviously, he was one of the beloved Pats, too, uh, you know, from the past year's team. But uh, I think that Banjo, you know, he had a couple timeouts that he just never used. And it, paid, and it, it killed the Broncos because they had a chance to win potentially down – you know, 30 seconds left, but they just didn't have enough time. So I think I just think that it just comes to the fact that, you know, they, they should have more – you should have more playmaking. It's also Pat Schurner who was brutal with the Giants last year as a head coach and his playmaking that – Oh, is, are you saying that Vic Fangio – that Vic Fangio can be better at uh, what you might call this at clock management. Yeah, I think I think Fangio is a good coach. Means that other coaches have a little bit better in terms of clock management, just the overall offense, um, his his ability to kind of call plays. I think it's kind of it's it's kind of there, um, and we'll kind of see if he can come into Foxborough and put up a game plan with a young team uh, that's kind of a little bit banged up. I mean, I don't see them more of a young, you know, kind of a younger version challenge maybe over the Raiders. Kind of a lot of young guys like the Raiders did, uh, you know, that, that could potentially move the football times. You know, I do like the Melvin Gordon uh, pickup that they got. He had a big game yesterday, and he's he's faced the Patriots, you know, a couple of times. Patriots overall have done okay with him. I do remember a game where the Patriots uh, – did give him a touch, big touchdown run with the Chargers, even though the Patriots won that game. So, I mean, he does have some ability as a running back, but that team overall is pretty young, but I think it's going to continuously get better over the years and potentially come to a point that, you know, they might be more of a threat to the Chiefs than not. Absolutely. So, with that being said, uh, Ben, uh, I will see you on Tuesday for my NFL show with a group of people. So I look forward to having you on that on every Tuesday on my Laurel and friends inside the NFL. I'll see you there for the recap. And then 
Next week, we'll talk about – we'll recap Patriots Chiefs. We'll talk about that quickly, and then we'll dive deep into Patriots Broncos. Sounds good, week. Lower. Uh, go Pats on Sunday. It's going to be a huge game. Not exactly sure what to expect, but uh, we'll see. I'll see you on Tuesday. Looking forward to it. Um, and then, obviously, looking forward to talking more Patriots uh, in the recap of next week. So have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you soon.